This episode of The Bag Drop, Untold Stories in Golf, is brought to you by New Club Golf Society, a humble community of golfers connected by our love for the game. Follow us on social media with the handle New Club Golf. Welcome back. I'm Matt Considine. In our last season of The Bag Drop, we uncovered the untold stories from the PGA pros, superintendents, architects, and operators who make it possible for us to play the game we all love. To kick off our new season, we turn the mic to our members and ambassadors to show you how the community itself might be the best part of golf. Marcus Yada, welcome to the bag drop. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's awesome. How many podcasts have you been on this year? This is the first podcast I've been on this year and my life. First time ever. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we had to jump in at some point. Yes. Yeah, um, dude, thanks for, uh, for coming on. Obviously, you've been a member of New Club for like a year now, mm-hmm. a little bit more maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're also a PGA professional. I am. You're going to be helping out. You already are helping out some of our members this year. Uh, going to be helping out more. Um, we, we played. What was our first round together? Man, our first round. That was at Lasonia. It was. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So we played beautiful. Oh, that was a gorgeous fall day. Yeah. What did you, you think of that place? It was tough. You know, those greens are tough. It was beautiful, though. Um, kind of a blast from the past. Yeah. You know, that place is it's classic up there. Right. And, uh, you know, a lot of intriguing shots, for sure. Yeah, that's a, obviously a popular one for the Founders Cup week. Mm-hmm. Guys love playing there. Mm-hmm. But I, the the one, I actually thought it was our first round, uh, was at Mammoth Dunes on oh. when the, the heavens opened up. And it was <laughs> freezing cold. And it rained literally. Uh, I've never had a soaking. That's the wettest I've been. Me too. Me yeah. too. Yeah, that's the wettest I've been on golf course. And I, I like solid rain gear. And somehow it was bleeding through. Oh, yeah. There's, there was nothing you could do. When you get in rain like that, the, the rain starts to come in through your neck. It really does. Because <laughs> yeah. you could keep, you could keep your, your legs wet or dry to a certain point. But unless you're covering up your face, it starts to go through your neck and then down your shirt. And then, at, you know, down your pants, all the way, all the way to the shoes. And at that point. Well, just... that, that round cemented uh, you as, you know, perfect, like, new club vibe because you were so positive in that oh we loved it we were having a blast Dude, we had a great match yes i don't know what the other groups did uh our caddies were telling us you know that the standing water they've never seen it mm-hmm. before because you got 300 mm-hmm. feet of sand up there you know under your feet yeah they said they've never seen standing water and we were putting through water on we yeah. you have yes I, we have a video of you of this amazing putt <laughs> birdie putt through the water into the hole any video of me making a putt i need to i need to have because people don't <laughs> might not believe you I, yeah. I don't make that's not the strength of my game but yeah putting through puddles mm-hmm. um man that was uh it that bonded a, us. That was a good time out there. That yeah. was a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we want to talk about, you're obviously the owner of my Chicago golf. So I we am. want to talk a little bit about your, your facility, but first, um, I want to know your background. I actually don't know how you got your start in the game. Like, okay. That's what, what was your, what was your first golf memory? You know, so just like a lot of other golfers, my dad got me into the game. My dad is a, a golf addict. 
he golfs three, four days a week. And so he got me into the game as, as a little kid. I was five, six years old. And my early golf memories are you know, wanting to drive the golf cart. And I loved fishing for golf balls in the lake. Like that, that was the best. I still kind of like that a little bit. Just, you know, we would, we would, I'd walk around the lake. He was playing golf. I would just find golf balls, like Easter egg hunting kind of thing. Do you have one of the long, uh, you know, scoopers in the back? Do you still oh, you got to have the scooper. Yeah. Gotta, that's just, it's, it has a player written all over it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Golf pro scooper. So, um, you know, those are my early memories. And then it was right around, uh, you know, probably nine, 10 years old. I started playing with, with his group and he would tell me, uh, I had to pick up my ball. I was slowing the group down. I didn't have the skills at that point. And I didn't want to pick up my golf ball. I'm like, no, I don't want to pick this up. He's like, hit it better, hit it farther. Hit. I'm like, okay, I got to start working on my golf game wow. if I, if I want to keep up with, with my dad and his friends. And so I started taking lessons from a great golf professional, Bob Campbell, you know, I'm from Idaho. So he's out there in Boise, Idaho. And, uh, you know, I said, that was the first time I, I saw my swing on video. The first time I thought about technique and it's, it's rewarding to be able to, to work on something in your golf game and actually see the tangible results. Like, wow, I'm not slicing it anymore. This ball is actually going straight or even falling to the left, a little bit of a draw. I'm like, wow, if I, if I work on this, I can, I could get better. That's also 11, 12 years old. That was 97. That's also when Tiger came out. And so oh, yeah. <laughs> as, uh, the, right when I started taking lessons, that's when I, I really fell in love for the game and seeing Tiger on TV just dominate, you know, especially that year 2000, watching him, you know, and then I was going through middle school and high school and making friends, com- competing with, with, with my buddies at the golf course, just trying to be like Tiger. Yeah. You know, you got some awesome Tiger Woods art in this building. <laughs> uh, I, I saw the one when we walked in, just like the bright red with the black oh, background. It just looks so cool. That's a new one too. That, that's a that's, Masters win. Yeah, that's from the Masters this this last year, 2019. Who, who did some of these art pieces? There's just a lot of really funky, cool stuff in here. So I am very blessed. I have uh, T. Cozy, owner of Cozy Noodles. His uh, his restaurant's fantastic. It's a uh, it's a block south of Wrigley. It's on Sheffield. And I've, I've stumbled in there once or twice. Oh, after man. Game. He's, he's an amazing man, but he, he would take lessons from me and his son, uh, Ping would take lessons from me and they're just, they're just a great family. But, uh, as a business owner, he was excited when I opened up my own shop because when, you know, T and I met, that was, gosh, it was probably eight, nine years ago. That's when I was working at golf tech before I started my Chicago golf. And so he's just been really supportive of, of, of helping me out. And as a way of showing support, he, he paints, he, he paints a, a painting once a day. Um, and then he, he sells the, the sells the painting and donates it to charity. Like he's just a great guy. Wow. Dude, <laughs> but anyway, he made one he made, a day. Yeah. He like, would get into a routine where he would do it in the mornings. Wow. And so he has great artwork in his, in his, uh, his Thai restaurant, but he, he gave me some great artwork here as well. So it's got really. great noodles too. I love that oh, place, man. So good. That place is so, so good. good. Yeah. Um, back to, uh, back to your dad. So was he in the golf industry? Did you have other people in the golf industry that? No, he wasn't in the golf industry. He's just, he got exposed to the game and in his early twenties, 
just through a friend. What, what did he do? What is his? So he owns a, a video amusement business. He's been a self-employed entrepreneur. Um, and actually, you know, as I talk about it out loud, he was, he was really supportive and helping me start my own thing. He, yeah. he was like, Hey, you know, you could do it. And so he, he encouraged me. It's in the blood. It's, it's in the blood. The I business guess. Owner, entrepreneur, yeah. style. But he, uh, he fell for the game hard and he got a hole in one probably three months after playing <laughs> three months <laughs> after, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> uh, you know, so I think that got him hooked. And he, he, he has the gift of gab and he likes talking with his buddies and he's, he likes to trash talk a lot and yeah. they, they like to, to, to play some games out there. And so, um, seeing him socialize and having fun and just, he would always take me with him, even though, you know, I was, might be slowing down the group. He, he didn't care. He was, he's taking me with him and we would have putting contests for for like a Butterfinger candy bar. We would always be competing against each other. And that's, that's really what got me going. Yeah, you know, the competition is such a funny thing in golf, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's, I think it's a vehicle to enjoyment for so many of us, you know, mm-hmm. was it always a focus for you? Like you, you said yourself that you just wanted to hit it past your dad's friends. You know? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was a competitive little guy for sure. I, I was a sore loser. I couldn't help it. You're so young at that point. I just wanted to win. And so, uh, I, and actually that's probably what led to a, a little burnt out post high school in, mm-hmm. in college. That's where I think I was, I was more focused on the results yeah. and, uh, I wasn't as focused as much on the, on the process that creates those results. And did you uh, play in college? Or you? So I, I didn't play on the team, but I, I went to the university of Idaho and mm-hmm. they have the, the professional golf management program out there, the PGM. So there's, there's probably 14, 15 universities around the country that, that has that. And I didn't, know what I, what I wanted to major in. And then I saw that there was an option to become a golf professional and, you know, take some marketing classes and do business. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's a pretty easy option. So decided to do that. And, uh, you know, through that experience, we would have internships at at various places around the the country. And so that's what brought me to Chicago originally. Yeah. So I wanted to, uh, where'd you go? I, my first, I had a couple internships in Idaho at some resort courses, but the internship that really sticks out in my mind is, uh, going up to what was, what was then called green to tea golf Academy. They were located at Glencoe golf club. Yep. They're now called the golf practice oh, yeah. and they're, we know those guys. they're doing yeah. great guys. They're, doing awesome they're great. Stuff. They're great yeah. up there. And so one that's... of our members actually, I think he's one of the coaches there, Elijah Collins. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm-hmm. Elijah? Great dude. Good coach. So. I was 21 years old at the time and I, I packed my, my card. I drove from Caldwell, Idaho to Chicago. And, uh, it was funny because they're up in Glencoe and they gave me a free place to stay up in Lake Forest. And so I remember, you know, coming up 55 and then driving through the city and I'm like, okay, where am I, where am I going to be? And then I just kept on driving North. I'm like, I can't, I can't see the Sears tower anymore. <laughs> it just kept on driving North. And then I finally made it up to Glencoe. I'm like, I'm not even close to being in the city. And then they're like, Hey, we have a free place for you to stay up at Lake Forest college. Yeah. And I just kept driving. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, man, you know, coming, you know, being from, uh, 
Idaho, you're always just kind of curious of like, wait, what's it like to be in a big city? And so I, I would spend, you know, my days off. I was definitely coming down. I was going to Cubs games and that internship, it was, it was from May to May to September. So it was the best time to, to be here. Yeah. And as soon as I got done with that internship, I, I had one more semester left of school and I'm like, all I know, I want to live in Chicago and I want to teach golf. I hadn't experienced the winters at that point. You know, I just, it was, it was only summertime. So that's what, uh, that's what brought me out here. You just got hooked. I got hooked. I, I, I love hanging out in the city. Summertime here in Chicago is obviously it's, it's gotta it's be, like no other. it's gotta be rare that, and I, I do, if you keep in touch with, you know, the other guys that went through the PGM program, mm-hmm. it's gotta be somewhat rare that you're like, I mean, you're downtown, you know, your facility mm-hmm. is downtown, the heart of it. Yeah. Um, are most of the people that you went through school with, are they all kind of your, your typical green grass guys? Yes. Well, you got to find your niche, you know, and, it, and it's tough. It's tough. You got to find, uh, you know, something that uh, I think allows you to keep playing. I, I think that's why we get into it. We, we want to be able to, to still enjoy the game. You also have to find something that, you know, allows you to make a de- decent living too. You want to, you want to build a life for yourself and you know, those green grass facilities, it could be tough those first few years as an assistant professional, you're working a lot of hours yeah. and uh, you know, sometimes you're, you're, you're not compensated the way that you, you wish you were. And so I think w- what happens is that you could get potential burnout and you know you, you see people come into your club and they're in sales you're like man I, maybe i could do something else with my time that would allow me to play more golf you know and so um but yes i, I have some i have some friends that um are into it and they're doing great you know my, my one of my best friends james he's he's worked his way if you stick with it though if you stick with you know being an assistant you could work your way up to you know becoming a head professional director of golf and there's avenues and he works for the Discovery Discovery Land Group, and he was head pro up at Gauzer Ranch, and now he's a head pro out at uh, El Dorado in Cabo. Oh, yeah, yeah so so there's you know you could find your your avenue and your your niche that makes sense for you. And for me, I I I fell in love with the the teaching of golf and the golf swing and technique and how to get better and training and, and that kind of stuff. And so um, that's why I ended up taking a, a position at, at golf tech and it ended up now that I look back, it ended up being perfect because I didn't have a lot of teaching experience. I wasn't teaching in college, you know, but I was taking lessons. And so, you know, golf tech, they, they gave me the, the opportunity to, to get my reps in. So we yeah. would have half hour lessons, you know, busy days, we'd have 12, 14, half hour lessons. And, you know, at the end of the year, we're teaching over a couple thousand. You, you stay there for, you know, four or five years, like 10,000 lessons. You start to, you start to, you know, develop your teaching style and the way that you describe things. You're always looking for like a more efficient way of getting someone there in a more simple way. So, you know, I think at, at first, you know, you're, you're talking about the details and the minutia, but then as you start to teach more and more, you start to give analogies and, you know, paint a picture and they're like, Oh, I, I know what you're talking about. This is, this is way easier. You know, so, the communication uh, element of it. Oh, for sure. For sure. And then also I really describing the improvement process. I think when, when people uh, know what to expect, as they're getting into the game, they're more forgiving of themselves. Yeah. Uh, 
it looks easy. Good golf looks easy. <laughs> you know, I, it we is. Have, what we are have, talking about? We have this you know, TV in the background. I'm kind of seeing it in the mirror here. And, you know, you see, like, you know, Rory hit a pitching wedge. It's just very smooth and balanced and controlled. And then someone grabbing a golf club for the first time. They're, they're filled with tension, and they, 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 don't, they don't have that picture in their mind of what they're trying to do. And so, you know, at, at this point, we're, we're, we're prioritizing the skills that they need when they're out there on the golf course. And so it's, it's definitely a process. You know, when, when people come in here, we'll, we'll initially do a goal setting. I want to know, you know, what's going to make you a happy golfer? Like, what are we trying to do? Uh, are you new? Are you just trying to hold your own and hang out with your friends? Uh, are you trying to play with your partner? Or are you, are you experienced with the game and you want to take it to the next level? You know, are you trying to drop your handicap? Are you trying to become like a single digit, you know, break, break 80 for the first time? And so, you know, based on the answer to that question, we, um, we make a plan. So then we'll do, we'll do a skill assessment. Uh, I want to know, you know, where, where are you losing your shots out on the golf course? Is it a, uh, is it a, a ball striking issue? Are we having trouble, you know, controlling the, the bottom of our swing? Are we having trouble controlling the d direction and the distance? Or is it, uh, is it a short game thing, you know, with, with putting, uh, or, you know, short game shots, putting? Or is it a mental thing with the course management? You know, like, you know, where are we aiming? Uh, what are we trying to do from this lie? Are we making high percentage decisions out there? Uh, or is it like uh, a mental thing? Are you beating yourself up? How's your self-talk out there? Are you able to hit a bad shot and recover from it and just keep going? Or do you let it, do you let it bring you down? But, you know, those are the things that you only get through experience, like as you keep going and keep playing. And when, when especially new golfers, when they understand like, wow, there's, there's really more to it than just you know, our, our golf swing. And I think there's, there's something about like, Hey, you know, let's, let's get a tip here. They think like, you know, potentially like, let's get this grip going stance. I should be able to hit the ball and play golf. Why am I not shooting lower scores? Like there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you're letting your inner psychologist show here too. I mean, you got to, so it, it makes everything go so much smoother. Right. You know, I want to, I want to go back to uh, your golf tech experience yeah. uh, and then we'll come back to your, your process and mm -hmm. your coaching relationships mm -hmm. with your players. But, it, it, golf tech to me just seems like uh, it was it was really structured, mm -hmm. and, and I did this years ago. Uh -huh. I think I, I just popped in yeah. and wanted to do their assessment. It seems yeah. so structured, but hearing you kind of say all those lessons, it made me think of uh, Malcolm Gladwell's ten ten thousand hours theory, right? Yeah. You know, the Beatles played together yeah. ten thousand hours in some yeah. podunk like Berlin place i guess and the you know, perfection came out of that mm -hmm. like how many hours do you think you put in before you went out on your own how many hours do you think you put in coaching the golf swing probably about 12 to fourteen thousand hours like they had good metrics <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> and that's why you I knew exactly how many lessons you taught right so tell me like the, about that like for me my coming up experience was working like shitty sales jobs right where i had to put in all these phone calls and i had to you know crank out the meetings and get all these metrics I remember talking to one of the coaches and this is like nine years ago, but it felt very similar to me. Like, man, this guy's got his metrics. He has to hit. Is that, was it like that or am I? It, it is like that. Well, I mean, they have, they have good training. So uh, it's a reason, there's a reason why they're the number one golf instruction um, business in the, in the world. One out of every four golf lessons taught in the world is taught by golf tech. You know, wow, so th there's, know there is a reason why, <laughs> know you know, they're successful. So they, they, they do a good job with their training. Uh, but there's, again, there's no substitute for experience. And so I think where people could have 
a, a good or bad experience. It just kind of depends on the coach. You know, if, if you had lessons with me, if you were one of my first 500 lessons, I, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I overcomplicated. I didn't tell you what to expect. I got over technical. And um, you, you're not working with any of your first 500, you don't actually, think? Actually, I, I still actually have a couple, like Craig, my buddy. Oh, my Craig, buddy, I met Craig. Craig. Yeah. yeah. So, but that's because you develop early. Gotta work early. on Craig's you, mental game. I know, buddy. right? <laughs> but you, you got um, to develop a relationship with them. And I think my other internships, like at private clubs, I worked at a really good private club as an assistant pro up in Flagstaff at Forest Highlands. Mm-hmm. And then when you work at a like a premier private course, I mean, there is an atten- like attention to detail and customer service. And so uh, you want to make your members happy. And that's kind of the, the approach I want to take as, you know, a golf instructor too. Like, you know, I, I know it's going to be tough, but I, I want to help you, you know, reach your goals. I want to, you know, keep it professional and, and let's, let's get you there. Yeah. You know? So Wait, what is, um, I'm gonna try to think of some questions you haven't been asked. What is, what is the one thing your players don't do when they leave this space uh-huh. that you wish they did? I want them to practice the basics. The, the more that I teach going into my 12th season here, uh, you know, the, the, the more important the basic fundamentals are. I think there's still a quest for like finding that one swing thought or position, but it's, it's not that at all. Like my good players that are really good, they're really good at lining up square. You know, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> they, they check their grip, like their grip doesn't drift. They, their grip is always in a, you know, where it should be for them. Uh, their posture and their distance away from the ball is something that they look at consistently. And I always tell people like, you don't, own your fundamentals you maintain your fundamentals you know golf's one of those like what what have you done for me lately you know you so the players that are really you know in a good spot they're looking at their posture daily they're looking at their ball position and they've also they've uh they've they've simplified they they know themselves so they've simplified what they're working on there's only two or three keys that they're working on they're not working on 10 or you know 10 things they're just working on a couple basic things so i think i i want my guys when they're when they're not here i want them to work on the basics i want them to practice alignment i want them to look at their posture i want them to practice with feedback put some face tape on that golf club see where you're hitting it on the face the ball's going off to the right check your grip here's a couple checkpoints for your club face just 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 get the basics do not just keep hitting golf balls and changing thoughts and just keep hitting and changing thoughts and you know that's yeah that's not structured the the one that hits home for me is alignment and how i mean for forever even beginning to competing i I would be looking for answers in all the wrong places when really it came down to my alignment and ball position and if someone would just smack me in the head with an alignment stick and you know put it down at my feet i would have figured it out a lot quicker and and uh Tell, what are some things that, that you've seen be really effective in terms of alignment, whether it's you know, what you think about for being properly aligned or what you can work on at home? At, at home's a little more difficult for long distance shots. You know, when, 
I want person to ha a person to have an outdoor practice session, hopefully weekly, where they can train their eyes and their body and their hands to feel what it's like to aim straight. You know, it's 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 been proven. You know, you just see good players; they have a practice station at some point that week. You know, maybe it's the first part of their warm up, but there's a practice station. They stand. Uh, you know, they take an alignment stick and they'll point it towards a target, and they'll take another one perpendicular, and they can see their alignment and ball position. Now, if they don't check that routinely if they go maybe two or three weeks without getting into that practice station they'll stand in it and then they'll look towards their target and then they'll feel that they're aimed either either to the right or to the left and then they're like man i've been my aim's been off on the golf course and so uh the players that have consistent aim they just they just practice it consistently but uh, i mean i'm not inventing anything by telling people to to aim the club face first uh use an intermediate target and then once you have that club down aim your body to the golf club you know those are those are just the, the basics are you a are you a big video guy yeah i am yeah. i am yeah and so it's it's another form of feedback and uh i i think if you know what to look for, you don't have to overcomplicate it again, but I like taking video of people when they're playing great. And you know, I, I want you to know what you look like when it's working. And then I want you to see what it looks like when it's not working, you know? And, and uh, I think it just keeps you consistent. You don't have to, you don't have to dive super hard into the video where you're trying to like change something every swing, but just, just, you know, just make sure your, your, your stance and your ball position and all that stuff is, yeah. is there. You know, people always ask me like, what do you work on with a scratch golfer? Like, you know, you're obviously a great golfer, Matt. Uh, oh, I think you. <laughs> you're a good golfer. My mom's listening. So I appreciate that. Thanks. Uh, but they're like, you know, I'll have a new golfer. Like, what do you work with someone that could, you know, shoots under par? I'm like, and then to your point, Grip stuff. in alignment, in ball position. Yeah. They, you know, you just have um, a, a deeper awareness of it because you've been playing for a while. But those are the things that, that sometimes drift. And then that's where you have to be careful. You don't want to go down those rabbit holes of, of different swing thoughts to bring you back. Let's just make sure the fundamentals are there. And then if they are, let's find one or two thoughts to just kind of bring it back. Um, I always say like, a good lesson is a simple lesson. And I strive for simplicity. Sometimes, you know, there's, I'm trying to give a drill. It's not working. I have to maybe go a different angle. And then in doing so, it could start to complicate. But I, I want people to leave with ideally maybe one or two pre-swing thoughts or checkpoints and then one or one one swing thought you know kind of keep it at that work on that uh and that's the other thing like when when a golfer's working on their game work on that same concept for months you know work on that for it's okay to be working on on you know turning through the ball you know through impact it's okay to be working on that for six months or nine months or a year or a season you know work you know just let's narrow down a couple key points and just work on that yeah. routinely i I always found that interesting where like, uh, you know, we might think that uh, a pro golfer moves on from, oh, they figured that one thing out mm -hmm. that they're moving on to the next, mm -hmm. you know, and really majority of the time, if you, I used to work the, the driving range at the, um, used to be called the NEC, now it's the Bridgestone Invitational. Actually, now it doesn't exist. It doesn't happen anymore in Akron, Ohio. <laughs> um, but you'd walk down the range and year after year, they would be putting the same stick in the same position to a VJ comes to mind. Mm -hmm. He worked on the same move over, over and, and over. over. And I watched that for 10 years, yeah. the same drill, the same thing. And I'm yeah. just like, it was kind of an aha moment for me as a kid of like, man, 
even they have to really groove the same stuff. Yeah, you know, we don't need a ton of drills. We, we want to experiment with the drills that give us the, the proper feel that we need for us to, to hit it better. But we just want like maybe two or three key ones. And then we just want to do those over and over again. That's why those, those better golfers, they have a simple mind. They know what they're working on. They have a couple things to keep them there. They do that, you know. 10, 15, you know, an hour a day, whatever. And, uh, and that's it. It's, but, but the other times we just, we can't help but want to get better. And so it's, it's just not linear though, you know? So if, if someone comes in for three weeks or maybe four weeks in a row, you know, and they're new, like, here's the grip, you know, here's a stance, you know, here's a position in the backswing, you know, here's a position coming down. It, it doesn't go or like, okay, I got that grip. I got that stance, you know, you're learning and it's just, um, just kind of slow everything down and, and stick with the basics. What do you do? That, that's, that raises a great point. Like, what do you do when someone you, you can notice either in a session or maybe it's just them in a sim, sim uh-huh. session on their own? Yeah. They're like, they're going down one of those rabbit holes and you can tell that, yeah. Oh no, Oh no. They're spiraling in a dark place. Like what, is there something yeah. you do to get them out of that? For sure. Uh, factual, like what, what's the miss it, you know, what's going on? Cause I'm like, Hey, how, how you hitting it? And like, oh man, I'm hitting it like shit right now. I'm just hitting it so bad right now. Uh, well, what kind of bad is it? Like, is it going to the right or are you hitting the ground or you know, on the inside part of the club, like what's going on? Ah, I, I don't know. It's just so bad. I'm like, well, we, we got to get a little factual here to give us some clues with how to get out of this. And so, um, you know, we'll, we'll throw a piece of tape on the club. I'm like, man, you're hitting it towards the heel. And they're like, oh, okay. I'm like, so then well, that's, why is this happening? Uh, so then we go back, let's just check your spacing and your balance. Okay. That's good. Oftentimes that just fix it, fixes itself right there. But you have to just be factual with the assessment. Like, why are we hitting it bad? Uh, and then honestly, there are times where you do just kind of get into a funk where you're like, Hey, let's just, let's just take a break here for a second, <laughs> have a drink of water. Uh, let's just step back and maybe, I, maybe beer if needed, let's have a beer, but you know, I don't know. We could always go a little bit smaller and slower, uh, with a more lofted club. Let's just make sure that we're doing this right here. Uh, because usually when you're when they're going down that spiral, there's there's tension. Uh, they're going really fast. They're losing balance. They, yeah, we've all been there. We've all been there. <laughs> we've all been you know, there. So man. Slow it down. And let's be factual. Uh, God, that got me thinking of a, a few other things. I find this stuff fascinating. I, you know, like re- right now, what's going on on Twitter or whatever, all the mm-hmm. debate for, you know, rollback versus mm-hmm. technology, the mm-hmm. USJ's, you know, distance report. I, it's all very, uh, and this isn't my point. We were having a conversation with our chief ambassador, Kevin Moore, who mm-hmm. I know you met, about the ego, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how important the ego is with our experience with golf. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does the ego play a role in what you do? Uh, it's a deep question there, man. <laughs> I've been, I've been going into deep, dark secret places on these, on these questions too, but well, there's, there's some really good golf books out there. And one of the books that I like is called, uh, fearless golf. And that's, uh, who wrote it? Dr. Gio Valianti. I think that's, that's how you say his last name. So I know you guys, you know, promote Zen golf. That's, that's right there too, but it's, it's being able to separate like the result of what you're doing with like who you are as, as a person. I think Mark and I were talking about, um, how Rory, um, he's one of our favorite players because he's matured a lot mentally, but what happens with the, with, with the ego, um, you know, we start to hit some bad shots out there and, 
it, we start to get embarrassed and we, we think people are, are, are watching us and, and, and judging us and uh, when it's it's really the opposite. They're thinking about their own golf games. Like they're fighting their own battle out there on the golf course. Uh, they're not like, man, you're slowing us down. They're no, they're like, Hey, they're thinking about their own shot. But again, it's, 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 it's a skill. So this is one of the mental skills that has nothing to do with golf swing, you know, being able to, um, you know, step back and like, Hey, I got to get back to my routine. You know, and that's why breathing is really important. Yeah. And, and that's the thing too. And you could probably attest to this. Uh, people don't care what you shoot. Like, even if you shoot a great score, which you have, obviously, um, but you know, they'll remember that. But if you hit a, if you shoot like a, you know, 95, you shoot a bad score. They're not going to be like, Oh, remember that one time Matt shot that 95 and no, they don't even care. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> so then, so then when you start to get out of like, Hey, nobody, nobody cares. Um, this isn't a big deal. It kind of frees you up to let, let the right. good golf start to come out and let's just let our instincts come out. And that's, that's, it's, it is fascinating, right? I mean, the mental game, the mental side of golf is no different than the mental side of life. And that's why mm-hmm. I think it's so fascinating because you get to see that ego interact every single day with people's mm-hmm. games and what they're working on. And well, golf's one of those games too. I mean, you, you, you can't help but be put in a, a pressure filled situation at, at some point in your golfing career. There's going to be a time where, you know, you're with a big group of, of people and like, Hey, you got to go first. Everyone's watching you the first tee, but that's why we train with our routine. And so the players that execute in that moment, they, they train to be ready for that moment. Uh, you know, so, but it, I mean, it hurts the soul. It hurts the soul <laughs> when you top that right in front of everyone, you can't help it. You're embarrassed. It, it hurts. But again, um, I think everyone's hit that bad shot. Nobody, nobody, grabs a golf club and knows how to stand and hold it correctly. Like we've all been there. We could sympathize with that person. If Absolutely. anything, they're like, man, we're rooting for you. We, yes. we want, man, I hope yes. this guy hits a good shot. God, I tell you, so we recently have started to like share that message. Exactly. I'm so mm-hmm. glad you said rooting for you yeah. because it's so true. It's like, I think if, if we all had the feeling that everybody out there is rooting for me, you mm-hmm. know, and, and particularly with the new club, right? Everyone kind of shares these values, loves the game of golf. Like, Hey, I don't care you grew up as a muni kid or Mm -hmm. you grew up as a country clubber. Like if you're out here on the golf course, walking these fairways with me, I'm rooting for you. Oh yeah. And so like, just, just give it your best. I don't care if you top it 10 yards, man. Like we'll pick each other up, you know? And that's why like matches and match play. I feel like that feels, it feeds into it. That's why I get so excited when my, when my guys hit, I mean, when I see how hard they've worked and cause I can only give the information. I could lay out the plan and I try to, you know, provide the motivation as well, but it's out of my hands, you know, it, it, it's up to them. And when I see someone that's, that's worked hard and they've, they've succeeded, I mean, it, it, it feels really, really, really good. Right. I mean, yeah. that's why I love doing it. But, you know, sometimes, you know, they'll come in for a lesson. They're just, they're just hitting it really bad. And I, I think they just can't help it. But like, man, like, I'm not judging you. I'm not judging you. I'm being factual. I'm just <laughs> seeing what's, what's happening. Cause I remember taking piano lessons when I was, uh, when I was young and uh, she could tell if I, would, I was practicing or not. You can't fake it. You can't fake if, whether you're practicing or not. And uh, she wasn't as, as accepting of me not practicing. And I was like, I'm, I'm not gonna be that kind of instructor. Hey, I know, I know life happens. I know there's travel and family. And I know you haven't been able to put your hands on the club, but that's okay. Like, this is where we are right now. This is what's happening. Let's, let's, let's go forward from here. 
you know, so. I, I got to share a quick piano story. So you grew up <laughs> learning piano? Were you a into little it? Bit. Yeah, a, f- a few years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, our co-founder, Mark, is an accomplished musician, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I don't have as many accolades to my music career, but I love this story. So I was, I was into sports, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be playing baseball or soccer or golf. I want to be beating balls in the range. I didn't want to be in this stuffy old lady's uh, house, mm-hmm. right? Like down the street mm-hmm. from where I grew up. And playing the piano, I just hated mm-hmm. it. I just and and I and I like music. Like I've mm-hmm. always, my family's into music. But anyways, one day you say you can't fake it. On the contrary, I did, <laughs> and this is how I I didn't practice. Yeah. I didn't do anything. I had a recital coming up, and she was she was mirror than hell too. Like this lady was tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, she starts yelling at me for not practicing. She's like, you're never going to figure this out. Your recital is going to be embarrassing. She's saying all these things to me. And you know, I go, you know what? How do I get out of this? And so I pretended to, to faint. I pretended <laughs> to pass out. Nice. I, I was a healthy young child. Um, I just dropped and I, and I landed on my neck so awkward and I just kept my eyes closed. <laughs> And she screamed. I mean, screamed Bloody Mary, called 911, called my mom. Out of all the options. Oh, out know, of all the maybe, options. Maybe I have to go to the bathroom, the faints. And, the faints and so, so my, my mom, I, she still hasn't forgiven me for this because she knew. She knew right away. Like, I, she shows up. I got ice bags on my head. And the lady's still screaming, like, we need to get him to the hospital. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, mom, not feeling that good. She looked right at me and knew exactly what was up. <laughs> She's like, you little shit. And I, I think I hit balls that afternoon. I think I, I, think I went and played golf. Um, anyways, uh, I was Disney. I wanted to ask you about that. Cause I, (laughs) here here I am looking at uh, the PGA (laughs) show for friendly faces. I, uh, I knew you were going down there. Um, but you you and your girlfriend are pretty, Mm -hmm. pretty big into the the mouse. Well, (laughs) it was our first time, you know? And so, uh, went down to the PGA show. I love going down there every year. Um, you know, we'll do the, either the teaching and coaching summit, we, you know, we, we pick up new technology, but, uh, you know, my, my girlfriend, she wanted to, she wanted to come with, and we went a few days early and, uh, yes, we did, we did go to Disney. And so I didn't realize how massive it is. I mean, there's, there's multiple parks. And so, um, you know, we went, we, we did the magic kingdom. We took the, we took the picture in front of the castle. We did the animal kingdom, which was my personal favorite. And then, uh, but the one that got us was Epcot and, uh, drinking around the world. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I hear a lot of people say that. Is it just like a party? You know, <laughs> like so, a lot of parents that just well, need their own little estate. I didn't know what I was getting into and it was the last one. And there's, I don't know. Oh my I really don't know the amount, maybe 12, 14 different countries. And then each country has its own drink. So we started off with Mexico and that, that first margarita went down. So, well, we had to do two. <laughs> you know, and then you're going off and into Germany and you're getting these steins and you're going to Italy and you're drinking wine. You're going to a pub in London and getting pints. And by the time we got to Canada, I think that was the last one. And, you know, I just remember the fireworks coming up and it was, it was, it was a good, good what time. A day. Yeah. What a day. That's awesome. <laughs> no, I saw you guys were there. That, yep. uh, and you also did a trip out to the uh, golf surgeon at Disneyland, at least in the States. <sighs> yes. uh, Bandon, how, how was that experience? Uh, yeah, you and I were talking about it a little bit before, but it was it was it was spiritual. It was definitely the best golfing experience I've I've had in my life. We had twenty guys go out there, and one of my one of my uh, childhood friends who 
also became a golf pro. So he's doing great. He's at a head pro at, at Falcon Crest, uh, Ryan Nielsen, great player. And so he's been going out there with, with his group from his club the last three or four years, and they're doing it in January. And so I was hesitant. I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to the Oregon coast the second week of January, but I, I'm so glad that I did. You know, we, we were there for five days. We, we played seven rounds. You have to get a caddy when you go out there. And uh, it just completely adds to the experience. Get all the gear. Do not skimp out on gear. Like, yeah, you I, know. Walking in, I saw your bag over here. You got some pretty tasty head covers. <laughs> Looks like you cleaned up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the shops over there, uh, the merchandise is. <laughs> It's pretty good so definitely bring some extra money for that but we had we had a rider cup um you know 10 v 10 we were using golf genius um so we would enter our scores in the app and so we had a a stable third a cumulative stable third you know over the five days that we were there uh, we had skins, uh, so half the days were, were gross skins, and then the other half were nat, so it was fair. And then, you know, we did the, the nighttime putting, which I, I highly recommend. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like I made some friends for life, and it's, it's so nice to be able to five days, go five days of nothing but golf. So you got to get out there if you've, if you've did never you, been. Uh, gosh, I feel like today's day and age, like we're all tempted to, you know, take the the pics, the coastal stuff, post it. Did you have your phone out for the rounds or were you able to put it away a little bit? Uh, I had just got this new gimbal. Do you know what a gimbal is? I don't. It's, it's, it's a handheld device for your oh, cell phone yeah. that allows you to walk without the, uh, you know, the phone moving up and down. And so, no, I was, I was completely the opposite. Uh, <laughs> no, I only no. bought a device that helped me take steady but I, I, but I wanted to, uh, I wanted to document the experience so I could share it with, with other people. And I still haven't gone through the, all the video and edited, but I, I will. And, you know, I, th I think that's why people get lessons in the first place. They want to be able to go to these experience, you know, these places and golf's just more fun when you're hitting good golf shots. I mean, it's always fun if you have a good attitude, but it's definitely more fun if the ball's going where you're looking and it's going up in the air. It's, it's way more fun. And so, um, yeah, we, we just, we, we had a blast for first class facility out there, obviously great food, just immerse yourself in golf and, uh, looking forward to doing it next year. I, uh, we had actually a very band and focused podcast coming out with a pretty cool guest and um, the the current book in the new club uh, book club. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've saw in Slack, we have a book club for everybody. It is Dream Golf, mm -hmm. which is about the creation of band and dunes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the first group that I went out there with, everybody said, hey, let's read the book together. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a really cool way to mm -hmm. do like a shared experience before going yes. in. And I was looking at some of the quotes. We all signed quotes in the book mm -hmm. for everybody. And, uh, and I was just looking back at them. I'm like, how did a golf course get us all feeling so spiritual? You know, it, like the things we were saying to each other in this book, mm -hmm. it was like, you know, we were... Uh, in like a Buddhist temple, like in the, you know, the hills. It was just, it was so cool to see that it connected us it, on, it, a, on a it's, higher level. It's when it all comes together. It's when it all comes together. So the social aspect of it, you know, being able to, to be with, with good friends and, and make new friends. Uh, the quality of the, the golf course, the, the nature. I mean, you're on the Oregon coast. It is beautiful. And then you're mixing it up and you're, you're, you're going through different style courses, maybe more open or, you know, like the trails you're going. But, but you're going through a journey together. And when you're playing, 
playing that much golf and you're doing seven rounds, I don't care who you are. You're going to have some good rounds out there and some, some tough ones. And you never know how it's going to go, though. That's what's so in intriguing about it. And you're like, do you, how'd it go today, good or bad? Uh, and so when you, when you, and then you survive the elements, you know? So you, you got good people. You're going through that golf journey together on the most, you know, beautiful courses, you know, here in the country. And, uh, yeah, it just, it just somehow makes it all. Yeah. That's all awesome. It, that's know, awesome. We'll, we'll be making return visits out there. We'd like you to come. I, I'd like actually. to join you guys. You know, let's do it yeah. together. Um, well, Marcus, I think we covered a good amount of, of info, man. All right. Uh, where can our members find you? Where can uh, members find a little bit more about My Chicago Golf? Yeah, uh, we are located in River West. We're on Milwaukee Avenue. We have uh, a couple simulators here. So we have uh, kind of two you know, unique spaces. So our upper level, we have a simulator where, and that's where we train. So we, we use the Foresight GC quads. They're just amazing for giving us data with what the ball's doing, what your club's doing, but also the software, you know, we could create scenarios, but we have a training facility upstairs with mirror and video. We got a putting green up there as well. And then our lower level, we have, um, we have a party room. And so good vibes down here. We've got a jukebox, wet bar, golden tea. And so, you know, we really strive to, provide a, a space where you could come and you know develop your golf skills if that's what you're looking to do you could take a lesson and train here or if you know it's byob if you want to come hang out with your buddies and, and get a skins game going uh you could absolutely do that as well so we, we try to provide that environment here right on yeah it's got a great great space great vibe and uh we appreciate you coming on the show man right, this man. is uh awesome chatting with you yeah. and uh much more to come we'll see you All on right. the golf course here soon All right. sounds good thank Thanks. you